Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Which of you desires and covets many days to enjoy good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord rescues them from them all. He keeps all their bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil brings death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. The Psalms are the prayer book of the Bible. The Psalms are the cries of the human heart to God. In many ways, we should think of the Psalms as being our words to God as much as they are God's word to us. Because no matter what we are feeling, no matter what we are experiencing, there is a psalm for that. If you are feeling happy, there's a psalm, or sad, there's a psalm. If you're hopeful, there's a psalm. If you're despondent, yes, there is a psalm. If you're angry, if you're in awe of nature, if you're alone, or if you're feeling loved and surrounded by community, there are psalms that speak to every experience and emotion of the human life. That's why so often when we aren't sure what to pray, we turn to a psalm and let it speak to God on our behalf, and then, I hope, we listen for God to respond. Now, one of the consistent themes that we find in the Psalms is this problem or this wrestling with evil. Now, to stop for a minute, by definition, evil is anything that gets in the way of the goodness of God. Evil is whatever gets in the way of the fullness of life as Jesus and God would have us live. Evil is opposed to who God is and what God is. But we know that from the beginnings of human life, evil has been a problem. And here in Psalm 34, it reiterates in many ways uh, what uh, Pastor Brian was trying to say to us last week, that as followers of the living God, as followers of Christ, we are to choose good and avoid evil. We are to choose peace and avoid conflict and hatred. 
this is our calling in Christ. This is what the scriptures tell us. Psalm 34 says, never you worry because God and God's goodness will overcome evil. The righteousness of God will win out. And yet, when we stop and we say, okay, I need to choose good and not evil, it isn't quite as easy as that because of the human condition and who we are as human beings. Now, with apologies to Linda and her very fine children's sermon, we human creatures are the only creature in all of God's creation that can choose to do good or choose to do evil. Every other creature operates out of instinct, which is why we teach our children from the beginning the difference between good and evil. Many of you know I have a dog by the name of Ziggy, and Ziggy is a border terrier. Now, he was, his breed was originally bred to be vermin hunters. Gotta love that word, vermin. That, that these terriers were intended to go into holes and under bushes and chase down things like rats. But, you know, for me, I don't want Ziggy chasing down any vermin. I mean, my cat does a plenty good job of that, unfortunately. And so it behooves me when Ziggy is a puppy to train him. And because by instinct, he'll chase cats. And I don't want him to chase cats. It's the wrong thing to do. Now listen, if I don't train Ziggy and his instinct to chase cats, and he chases a cat and hurts one, it's not Ziggy's fault. It's me as the human being because I am the creature that knows the difference between good and bad and I need to raise up my dog to do what is in the right. Otherwise, it comes back on me. We are the only creature that have this ability to choose good or to choose evil. But it gets a little complicated. There are things that get in the way of our choosing the good reliably and always. So first of all, one of the things that gets in our way is what I'm going to call fear. So many times people are afraid to speak out or to act in the face of evil things. You know, think about how many times, well, it, let me just say this, we've all seen like photographs of a lynching and there are all kinds of people standing around smiling and, and making a day of it because no one is there willing to speak out or to do anything because they figure, you know what, uh, I may get harmed if I do anything. I'm afraid of what might happen to me. And as they say, you know, the only thing uh, that is necessary for evil to win out is for good people to do nothing and to say nothing. Uh, Hitler by himself could not have uh, exterminated uh, six or seven million Jews. It took a lot of people who were willing to go along or to turn a blind eye. And I suspect that at the heart of that for many, many people is that we are fe 
fearful of the consequences for ourselves personally. I'm afraid of what might happen to me. And this is where Psalm 23, which we all know so well, says this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. No matter what I face in life, no matter what I am experiencing, says the psalmist, I have faith and trust in God that no harm will come to me, or at least in an eternal sense, in a sense that matters, God is protecting me. If God is for us, who can be against us? The psalmist reminds us that often we are afraid to speak out or to act, and yet, if we are walking by faith, if we are surrendering the I, me, mine to the living God, we will walk with a certain courage and confidence in the face of whatever comes and be able to stand and speak and act. You know, I think of that wonderful uh, novel, To Kill a Mockingbird, where uh, the man Jim is wrongly accused, uh, a black man wrongly accused, and the only one who's willing to stand up to the angry mob is Atticus Finch. And you got to love Atticus because Atticus isn't counting the cost for himself. He's choosing the right thing. And you know what? There's never a moment in that book, in the movie, that you see Atticus afraid. There is something about being willing to surrender ourselves to think and care for others and to do the right thing that gives us that faith, that courage, that confidence to stand. I mean, after all, when we look at Jesus, he was never afraid to speak what was right. He was never afraid to do what was right because he knew that if God was for him, who could be against him? So fear sometimes holds us back from doing the good we should do, but there's, there's something else, and I think it becomes evident in Psalm 137, which I want to say is the most disturbing psalm in the whole Bible. Now, you will remember it begins with this loveliness, you know, where it, it, it says, uh, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept. And, and you know these are people who've been conquered and they're in exile and there they are, they're, they're, they're oppressed and they're not in their homeland and they're put upon and they feel terrible. But it ends with this verse. Happy are those who dash the little ones against the rocks. Happy are those who take their enemies' babies and smash their brains in. Now listen, I'm here to tell you if I had to sit down and think of possibly the most evil thing I could imagine, there it is. Taking innocent babies and smashing them on rocks. Now remember, these are as much the prayers of the human heart as they are the words of God to the human beings. We've got to remember that. And the truth is that there are times that human beings, in our emotions and in our thoughts, we want revenge. We want God 
to make them suffer more than they've made us suffer. We want God to, to come down and smite them. We want, we want revenge. We want what we think of as justice. And, uh, and I, I, I am thinking, uh, quite frankly, that, that the psalmist, once this prayer goes up to God, uh, the word comes down from God, you sure that's really what you want to do? Right? Because sometimes once we uh, uh, speak or acknowledge how we're feeling, it, it kind of loses that power to act. And, it, and it's very different to, to, to think or to feel something and to actually act on it. You know, uh, I was remembering, for whatever reason, how Jimmy Carter, years ago in this interview, had said something about how he, how he lusts in his heart, and he was torn to pieces in the public, but how many presidents have acted out that when Jimmy Carter was just admitting, you know, sometimes my thoughts aren't what they should be, but I don't act on them. You see, that's the, the point here uh, is very clear, that we sometimes don't think or feel the right thing. And how do we know whether or not it's what we should act upon? Here's the human problem. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, when they eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, oh sure, they now know there is good and there is evil, but they are not clear which is which. We do not have the perfect insight and vision of the living God. I go back to the early foundings of America, and there were people who thought slavery was good and people who thought slavery was evil. Now, today we'd be pretty much in agreement that it's evil, but people back then used the scriptures on both sides to prove their point. They used logic on both sides to prove their point. And no one back then could make clear what was good and what was evil. And today we are divided by all kinds of issues that do the same thing. Uh, the, in Texas they just passed this new abortion law. And some say it's a good thing and some say it's an evil thing. And the problem is when it comes down to it, which should you value more uh, if the should you value the life of the mother in situations where uh, the pregnancy is causing her great harm, or should you value more the, the life of the unborn child? And I guarantee you that in this congregation, we'd have differences of opinion, which is good and which is evil. Is it more evil to make a woman who was raped carry that child or to end the life of the fetus? These are questions that we do not have perfect insight on. And I'm here to tell you the problem today in the United Methodist Church boils down to is it good or is it evil uh, to include or exclude the LGBTQ community. That's it. We don't have perfect insight as human beings. We don't see things with a God's high view. Our minds and our hearts are often corrupted. So what are we to do? What are we to do with this problem of evil? And I think that Jesus gives us a very clear answer. Because, you know, when the psalmist says, hey, I want to dash their babies, Jesus would say, uh, turn the other cheek. 
Jesus would say forgive, not seven, but seven times, 70 times. Jesus would say love your enemy. So what does Jesus want us to do? I think it becomes very clear. Jesus tells us that the commandment is to love God and to love our neighbor. Love our God and love our neighbor. Love is the key, the kind of love that God offers that is the kind of love that would lay down our lives for others. The problem with the commandment to love is that we often want to attach strings to the commandment. Well, let's see. I love my neighbor so long as they are adhering to my moral standards. I will love my neighbor so long as they see things the way I do. I will love my neighbor so long as they look like me or act like me. I will love my neighbor. What strings do you want to attach to that commandment to love? But God's love is unconditional. God's love is the same for each and every human being. God's love is infinite. Only you and I are busy putting those strings on that will tell us who we'll love and, and who we won't love, and, and so therefore their way is evil. We are called by Jesus Christ to open ourselves to the love of God poured out in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit because our one and only measure of doing the good in the face of evil is the depths of that unconditional love and the compassion that flows from that heart. You and I will never be able to overcome the evil in our men but we are called to love with God's own love because in the end, God's goodness and love will overcome all of the evil and suffering in our world. And if you're going to make a bet on where to place your life, the commandment to love, is a good one. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.